0: the book squad podcast yeah hope you're ready to hear us rant for a long time Hmm. about many books we also rave we rant and rave for me i guess rant is a is a positive has a positive connotation where i'm just like i love a good rant okay
1: i i can feel that
0: so for me, it's like more like, oh, let me info dump about all of these things that I have read and loved, and you're going to have to deal with it because I'm on the podcast <laughs> and you're not. Ha, 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 ha. Ooh,
1: spicy take right <laughs> out the gate. Okay. Um. Well,
0: then let's just jump right into yeah. bookish
1: news and holds list honeys. Yep.
0: Okay. So there's one book that last I checked does not have a ton of holds, but it is pretty new Cannot remember the actual publication date and did not think to write it down. So I will put that in the show notes. Um, It's Booth by Karen Joy Fowler. This one's really interesting. It's actually a historical fiction novel about the family of James Wilkinson Booth. I think – did I just mess up his name? You might have. I think I did. (laughs) That's all right. We just started and I already did. We'll just uh –
1: are you talking about John Wilkes Booth? John Wilkes Booth. Okay, thank you, <laughs>
0: James. What <laughs> have I? G. Willikers Booth. <laughs> I'm just gonna start naming random J names. <laughs> Jamie. G. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Listen, I took history in school. I swear. Anyways, that man. Um, that guy. But it's about his family, mm. and so the author really wanted to explore the culpability of a family and how they might be involved with someone doing something truly horrific. Um, So it sounds just kind of fascinating to me because she specifically, in an interview I read, didn't want to make it about Booth himself because she didn't want to to glorify someone who did something so terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, she wanted to just kind of explore the environment he grew up in and who he – how he became the person he was because of the people he was surrounded with. So it just sounds like a really interesting exploration of a family but also a time and to see like the parallels between what was happening then versus now. Um, So it's just – I'm really excited. I haven't heard anyone – talk about this book. But uh, the second I found out it existed, it's another one of those where I was like, yep, putting it on hold. I'm interested. Thank
1: you. That's really interesting. And I wonder if, like, when you read this book, which is, you know, historical fiction about Mm -hmm. the man who assassinated Abraham Lincoln, like, if you're going to, if that's her angle, if it's going to be, like, resonate with now how we, when something horrific happens, when Mm -hmm. there's been a, a shooter in a you know, mass shooter situation, um, how we look at the family and, you mm-hmm. know, the culpability of the family, especially, um, a, a very recent one where,
0: yeah. um, you know, that was the, the case. So I wonder, uh, I think that was her intention because you know, um, she, when she first began writing this book, she wanted to, uh, she's so incensed about gun violence that she wanted to specifically talk about this period in history. Um, and then it kind of changed as she was writing it, um, because I think she was writing it during the 2016 election, which I won't go into that, but Mm -hmm. take from that what you will, and that shaped how she viewed the world that she was living in versus the world that this book takes place in. So I think there's just going to, that's why I mentioned, like, I think there's going to be a lot of parallels, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she has to say, because she's an author that's always been in the back of my mind to Mm -hmm. read. I just haven't.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I did read one of her books and
0: now I'm just I feel like she's an author almost everyone has read except (laughs) me this
1: is embarrassing I am having I couldn't tell you Holly. a super embarrassing library moment so let's just Holly. I said James
0: Wilkinson (laughs) let's
1: just Let's move on from this. Yeah, we're gonna move on. Let's rise from those ashes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. a phoenix. We're a too... sight to behold. <laughs> Go ahead,
0: we're two we're... professionals. Go ahead with the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah, take it away. Okay, so I'm really excited because I finally have not in my hands, but in my metaphoric hands, <laughs> the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've been on hold for that book at least throughout this entire year. Hmm. Um, To be fair, we're only in March, but that's still a long (laughs) time to wait for a book.
2: Uh
0: Um, And I think I put it on hold originally last year. So it's been a long time. I finally got it. I checked it out yesterday. And this is a book that now has almost 50 holds in our system, which, okay, that's a lot of holds. But it's also – a truly incredible amount of holds when you take into consideration that this book was published in 2017. Right. And it's still popular enough that it warrants almost 50 holds. And so it's one of those books Whew. where I am reading it mm-hmm. specifically because everyone and their mother has talked about this book and now I, I must. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My I book must, club loved it. Uh, everyone I've heard, they just, they read it. They absolutely loved it. Um so I'm just, I, I had to read it. And I'm not normally one of those people where if I, I see a book, that's like kind of lauded on social media as something everyone should read. I usually avoid those books, but with this one, I'm just like, nope. You're one of those people. I'm huh? one of those people. Uh, I don't play not- Wordle, okay,
1: guys. <laughs> I gotcha. All I right. I read
0: literary fiction,
1: <laughs> but I'm excited. Pushes glasses. Yep. up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited for you to have it because I thought I thought it was fantastic. I think mm-hmm. I might have mentioned this up on a couple previous podcasts that it was a book that kind of got me out of my reading slump. Like I had to finish it. I felt really compelled to finish it. So um, yeah, I'm excited for you to have it. Yeah, me too. We've got, um, we have another book of that ilk um, that we're, well, actually several books. So we just, we just want to talk about, we just want to talk about The juggernaut that is Colleen Hoover right now. Um, Everyone is reading her books. Everyone is asking about her books. And we, neither of us, have read one of her books, but we're about to – I'm about to remedy that. You're going to read it and then you're going to report back and tell me whether or not I should read it. I am going to do that. Now, unfortunately – So she has, the book that seems to be the most popular is It Ends With Us. That seems to be the one to read. That was published in 2016. And it has 33 or 34 holds on it, uh, depending on the format, but Mm -hmm. on all three formats we own it on. So, and also, I'm always hesitant, but this has 69,000 ratings on that site that I will not name. No, because Danny Kane will come and find you. Like <laughs> Danny Kane will haunt me. But you know, it's data and it's a four and a half star average, which with is sixty nine thousand yeah. people weighing in. Mm-hmm. And this is the internet people. You know, people have yeah, they trash things on the internet. So <laughs> um, you know, this is, but this is what's interesting. I mean, she's killed. Like, I don't. I saw recently. She's like has three books simultaneously on like a the a bestseller list. I'm and not sure just which keep one it is. Yeah, staying on right. the bestseller um, list is the thing. So, um, uh, what I am what I am deducing from this is that this person is a powerful storyteller. Yep. And whether or not this is your particular jam, um, like. She can tell a good story mm-hmm. and it seems to be capturing the imagination of people who need to hear a good story right now. So yeah. I am going to read um, Reminders of Him, I think, is a re- uh, because that was on Lucky Day and I got my hands on it. Um, <laughs> but I would actually – I would like to read It Ends With Us. Like if that's her big in, um, yep. I would like to. But, you know. I'm going to be on hold for that for a little bit. Listen, um, you can wait three months
0: for that <laughs> book like I waited three months yeah. for The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, I'm going to also mention this because I just did a presentation on some great places to find good stuff to read and maybe we we'll do, should do a podcast on that. Um, We'll put that in the hopper. But uh, two sites, The Millions and Lithub, which are places I like to go to look for books, sh- nowhere to be found and i think you know those two sites do trend more towards literary mm-hmm. um she had one mention on lit hub but like they 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 tend to trend more towards literary but i am a little bit like i have questions about why she's not on those yeah. sites you know i mean i don't like i don't like reading snobbery yeah and i i felt like i saw other things that people might think of as little less highbrow. So I, mm-hmm. I have questions. I can't answer those
0: questions today, but I have them. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm excited for you to read one of these books and report back. Cause I admit I have had maybe not snobbery, but reservation, because mm. a it's a super popular book. So mm-hmm. that automatically is like <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's overwhelming to me when there's such a huge following of mm-hmm. um of a book. Um, but also just The way it's also marketed is not typically the type of book I read, but it's also just like how much of this is an accurate reflection of what the book is Mm -hmm. and am I just using preconceived notions about a certain type of book to not. Pick up something that is super popular. Right.
1: And I've seen the tag romantic suspense hung on many of them. And I'm typically not a a romantic suspense reader. Mm -hmm. I like, I love romance, but that's usually not my subgenre. So I'm going to take a look at that too and see if if maybe some of them trend towards less suspense. And maybe those are the ones that I'd look at. But yeah. Anyway, I'm interested, uh, I'm interested in the power of like, Uh, what ignites people's interest in storytelling Mm -hmm. might just be TikTok ignited everybody's interests and what people want to get on, what, uh, you know, she's just busting all over TikTok right now. But, okay, Um, that's probably it for Bookish News and Holds Us Honey, say, yeah. All right, get on it, guys.
0: All right, and now we are at two book minimum, which does not necessarily mean just two books. Kimberly's looking at my list of uh, books to talk about
1: on two book minimum uh, and making, there's a face that is being made. You can't see it right now, but you a can imagine. It's face. <laughs> it is maybe a little bit.
0: It's just like, okay, that's not two books, but I'm here for it. <laughs> that's going to be a journey. I didn't feel like that was the face you made, but okay, <laughs> let's go ahead. <laughs> You go first. It's my I only read literary fiction you go. <laughs> you go first. Um, so you can give me the hook if you need to. <laughs> uh, speaking of literary fiction, mm-hmm. um, these – the two books I want to talk about are ones that I have read recently and they're the ones that really stand out in my mind as like truly special reads. Um, the first one is Memorial by Brian Washington. Um, this is a book – that I have just seen a lot primarily because it has a beautiful cover. And um, I think this is one of those like authors to watch. Mm-hmm. I know he had a short story collection called Lot, which I have not read. But it is on my um, to-read shelf because I loved Memorial so much. Um, but this is a – it's a book about relationships. It is not – A traditional love story. It's not a romance by any means, Mm, but it is definitely – it's a book that explores what relationships mean to people and how they might change and opening your mind to change and to to, like connecting with other people. Um, So it's primarily about this couple – uh, Benson and Mike. Benson is black and Mike is Japanese American. Uh, they're living in Houston, I believe, in mm-hmm. Texas. And it's about how it starts off where uh, Mike's mother will be visiting them um, because they live together. They're in love. um, And his mother will be visiting them for an indeterminate amount of time. Mm from japan Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. mike has decided after already asking his mother to come spend time with them that he himself is going to go to japan and spend time with his father who is dying and so he's leaving his boyfriend home alone with his mother whom they've never met before well so already it starts (laughs) off a little rocky and it's very much about these two men who are in love and do have a connection, but they're both like, why are we together? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a really interesting exploration of their relationship and and how it started and the like, the ties that bind them and the things that they've gone through together and whether or not they have a future together. It's just really quiet hmm. and heartfelt, and it's a very – interesting book and i i don't see many books like this that explore queer relationships uh typically the type of books that i see like this are um pretty like heteronormative relationships of just like maybe a dissolution of a marriage Mm -hmm. or something like that so Mm -hmm. it's it's very much along those lines of just why are they together what's keeping them together can they stay together or should they um but it's beautifully written um, it's kind of sparsely written. So I think if you like really long, flowing sentences, mm. maybe this isn't your thing, But yeah. I like a to the point just very
2: prose. direct dialogue. yeah,
0: okay, where um it's just fascinating. I really loved the characters. Um, the author, I think, is incredibly talented. It's set uh, it takes the perspective changes. So it starts off with Benson and then it switches to Mike. And sometimes when authors write multiple perspectives, you can't tell the difference between the characters, but even the way these characters are written, it's dramatically different. It's like a different author is writing for Mike versus Benson. Mm -hmm. So he's just so incredibly talented, which is why I'm so um, looking forward to reading his short fiction as well. But um, he's definitely, yeah, an author to look out for. And I don't think nearly... As many people have raved about Memorial as they should have. And I think several people <laughs> raved about it. And I'm just like, no, everyone should read this. Uh-huh. Uh, if you hated it, don't tell me. We don't need to talk about that. Give <laughs> um, it to yourself. <laughs> another one that I think is an author you should all look out for is Emily R. Austin, Um, The book that she wrote is Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead, Mm. which is a very intense title, but it's incredibly charming, I promise. (laughs) Um, Mm. uh Mm. It's basically about an extremely anxious millennial lesbian who Mm. is failing at life and just making terrible decisions (laughs) – and <laughs> happens to, even though she's I atheist, know this is your jam right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Okay. You're just like I Polly uh-huh. just giving me on a look brand, now. on brand. Uh-huh. Like, okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay. She's just a disaster. Um but she's an atheist and she somehow starts working at a Catholic church, uh, essentially like as their secretary. Hmm. Um Because of happenstance and because she's just so anxious and she's so nice that she's just like, yes, of course, this is why I'm here. I'm not here for therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm here to work for you now. Mm -hmm. And so that's just every single thing that happens in this book. She just kind of stumbles into situations. And a book like that could be really frustrating and sometimes it can be. But it's just Mm -hmm. written in such a relatable way as someone who is queer and anxious and a disaster. (laughs) um, A lot of this book was like holding up a mirror. Um, I was uh, texting my best friend the entire time reading this and being like, "Hey, you need to read this." Um, she has <laughs> outed us in this book, and it's not okay. Um, but it's it's definitely a journey to watch. F- just watching this character getting to increasingly ridiculous situations, but by the end, it's so lovely and just hopeful. Good. And so it's one of those books where like along the way you might be like, "Like, honey, honey, come on. But by the end you're like, okay, I like you think – you know she's going to be okay. Um, like. But it's just – yeah, it's my type of book. I like it.
1: it is. And, and I want – I book. just want the listeners to know that you are a self-described disaster. Just because I didn't jump in to <laughs> negate what you said doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with your assessment. But I will – stand by people's right to, uh, <laughs> be who they want to be. So if that's, you just go, you go for it. Um, okay. Uh, so then I'm up with my 77 books in for two book minimum. Uh, not really, but, uh, first up, I, these are just ones that I, this one I'm about to read. Finally, I'm about to read Homegoing by Yad Gyasi. Oh, have you never um, read it? No, really. What is up with me? I haven't read it either. I did no. I haven't read it Have yet. You I'm read a, Transcendent Kingdom. No,
2: really. I know.
1: I'm embarrassed of myself. That's really good. You're in for a treat. I am. I think I am. If for uh, like, I've seen her speak, and she was so charming and lovely, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'm definitely reading those books now that I've been waiting to read didn't just I saw her speak when transcendent kingdom came out okay. and I was like yeah yeah yeah
0: um, I just assumed you had read both cuz they're your kind of no, books. Oh I
1: know. Okay, well I I am doing it and um I'm having um uh, I'm going to have to read it like soon because I forced myself to read it because now it's a book Book club book. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Homegoing is about two half sisters, um, Afia and Essie, and they do not know each other exist. And um, they are born, it's 18th century Ghana. So they're in two different tribal villages, and their lives intersect in a way that um, they keep crossing each other over um, generations and decades. I guess that's generations, right? That was redundant. Sorry. Generations uh, and
0: decades. And <laughs> Should I mention generations? Did I mention years? Mm-hmm. Uh the years ten and ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop it. This is serious. <laughs>
1: this is a serious book. But I uh so I'm very excited to read it because I think um I think it is going to be exactly my kind of book. And I like I like family sagas. I like things that go on and come, go back and forth in time and place. So, I think I'm gonna love it, um, and excited to talk about it with book club. So, um, by the time we record again, we'll have talked about it with book club. So, I I think so I can let you know how that went. Um, I am just about, I am like almost to the last chapter or two, must be like two chapters of The Intimacy Experiment by Mm -hmm. Rosie Dannon. So I know I've talked about The Roommate um, on the podcast, which was her first book. And um, I loved that book, and I love this book. So the, it's set in the world of actually, the character in the first book and the second book were both sex workers, um, adult film entertainment folks. They were they performed a lot together. So the the male uh, lead. Was the hero in the first book. And so this is um, uh, her book, a Naomi story, and she's asked to do a um, training on modern intimacy. So she left, this isn't a spoiler, but like she left um, uh, performing, but still wanted to do sex education. So she runs a website called Shameless because she believes everybody should. You know, have access to good information and have access to good a good healthy sexual life, mm-hmm. and so um, that's her baby. She runs this website, and she's been asked by um, a rabbi <laughs> to come and talk to his very old kind of like um, people are just leaving in droves. It's kind of a dying synagogue. And he's trying to revive it. Like, this mm-hmm. is his first rabbi gig. And so um, he thinks, like, this would be a really great fit. Um, also, he thinks, I, this woman is amazing. And, and of <laughs> course... Um, she thinks, I wonder what will happen. I wonder what will happen, but um, she is. She it's pers- almost like it's a romance yeah. novel. But let me tell you what I love about this romance mm-hmm. novel is that it is super Jewish, and you might have guessed that with a rabbi involved. <laughs> but it, but that you know, this is one of those situations where you can tell the person writing is from. Knows from whence they speak. Yeah. um, And is, you know, has, is Jewish themselves and has that, has lived that life. So um, both of, both of the main characters actually drew, grew up, grew up secular, secularly Jewish, or, you know, only just sort of had a toe in um, the religious world. And um, they, uh, you know, obviously, um, the rabbi, why am I blanking out his name? I want (laughs) to. I can't believe I can't remember his name
0: right now. I'm so. Embarrassed. Do I need to remind you? I'm so embarrassed of for me myself. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're moving on. <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah, and so anywho's I, I want to say it's Ethan, but uh, so the rabbi it, um, comes to this later in life. This was not the path that he originally took, and so it's just a very, it's very beautiful. It's very sex positive. It's very you know sensitively written. I think. Uh, that Rosie Dannon has shown in both books that she does a really good job with like both using the tropes of romance but also mm-hmm. busting tropes in some way Love as that. well. Love that. So um I loved it and so if you want to if you want to just know a little more about like Judaism you could even
0: Pick that up, but there's gonna be spice in it. So, mm, yeah, FYI, can I just say that the reason why I've been so quiet while you've been talking mm-hmm. about these two books is because I immediately put up both Homegoing and The Roommate on hold because <laughs> 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 I was just like, yes, 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 I want to read welcome, these books. You're
1: welcome. So now we have to move them up to holds list, honey's. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm and then I this. talked a lot about that one, so sorry about that, but the. Um, like then my last thing I want to talk about is just – is Abby Jimenez because I want people to be aware of Abby. Um, the book that I have, I have I have Part of Your World as an ARC. It just showed up and I was like, oh, I've been seeing her promote this. And the reason why I love Abby Jimenez is um, – because she is so active on um, Bookstagram. Like Mm -hmm. she's huge and and TikTok and she's just um, Facebook. She's great with social media. Um, She was a Food Network winner at one point and now – Yeah, and runs uh, a business called Nadia Cakes. And so some of you, as soon as I said that, know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I will – how will I couch this? Uh, They – she (laughs) – At one point, Nadia Cakes offered something called a geode cake. And um, it was also very much resembled uh, another (laughs) – it resembled a woman's anatomy. Mm -hmm. And so um, instead of like – instead of shunning it, she just leaned right into this. And I think it launched um, her social media – presence a lot. And so, and it's just, it's so, it's just a fun thing and everybody's just really kind of embraced it and it's been, um, It's been funny, funny for a romance writer, I think, especially. But also, if you – there's other content. If you weren't interested in a geode cake, (laughs) then um, she has two dogs that she uh, talks about. And actually, Stuntman Mike is a tiny little Yorkie who wears clothes and does the most adorable things. And Stuntman Mike has his own Insta page, so we'll link to that. And then Tess, who's just a big goof of a dog – So Stuntman, Mike, and Tess often um, make an appearance and I just really also like – there's also a really fun saga with a red lobster sweater um, that apparently like in the little – the front pocket, like if you're wearing a hoodie and it has a little front pocket, it's actually like an insulated um, inner part that you could maybe put those cheddar biscuits in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs>
2: it's hilarious.
1: So there's been uh, a saga and she her best friend like um her best friend just gets on and roasts her on social media relentlessly. I think she actually goes in and changes her Wikipedia page often to reflect just like Incredible. just puts ridiculous things. Anyway, it's just a little fun slice if you need a little fun slice right now, check mm-hmm. out Abby Jimenez because she's really fun. And so I'm going to do a triple and I'm going to try to read Life is Too Short, The Happy Happily Ever After, play. Sorry, Happy Ever After playlist and then um and then uh Part of Your World and you know just dive right into the Abby Jimenez yeah. um book just that book trilogy. I think she has another book, but these are her latest three. Um but
0: I really want that Red Lobster hoodie. Yeah. The second you mentioned the pocket, I was like, you put the biscuits in the pocket. <laughs> put, and it keeps them warm. The, <laughs> you do. Um, it's just – it's very it's amazing that's my new fantasy I want that I, <laughs> I want that hoodie and I want those biscuits and I, I want to keep them
1: <laughs> yeah I'm wearing um, my favorite hoodie which is my Library of Congress hoodie that I wear all the time and I currently have my hands in the pocket which is not lined. And I'm feeling a little bit like this maybe isn't my favorite hoodie anymore. Yep. Or maybe it I doesn't need, come with biscuits. Maybe so I need to visit a seamstress who can <laughs> or a tailor. Why did I just gender both of those sewing jobs? Everybody take a moment to reflect on that. That's another anyway. conversation
0: for another day. <laughs> anyway.
1: I just wanted to point that out. Um so we can all think about it in our Alone time in the car when we're driving. Um, (laughs) I I think I need to get that fixed though. This pocket because I'm I need cheddar biscuits as well. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's let's move along to our next section, shall we? Yep. All right. Right on. Okay. Well, let's talk about what we we decided to talk about. Good escapist fiction
0: today. So book recs for times of stress. Yeah. Um, In case you're stressed out, uh, uh, we just thought it would be a good idea to just kind of throw out some recommendations of books that can kind of give a lovely escape uh, for when you need it. Um, I think because we are who we are, primarily our recommendations are romance Mm -hmm. um, because what is a better escape than, you know, being a fly on the wall of two people falling in love and just being generally obsessed with one another and just being lovely together. Right. But Um, we we did have to admit
1: when we were discussing this, some people's idea of escape is, you know, uh
0: just scary stuff sometimes people want to read crime thrillers thrillers uh true Um, crime can be um, really comforting to certain folks for me sometimes i do read like really intense literary fiction when mm -hmm. i actually need escapism everyone's different um so if these books don't quite hit for you uh keep in mind that we always give out book recommendations and i will put a link To where you can get book recommendations Mm -hmm. in the show notes. Yeah.
1: So you tell us what you like and we
0: will find you some comforting books in that vein. Yeah. Um, But I recently read The Missing Page by Kat Sebastian, which is the sequel to Hither Page. Um, Kat Sebastian is a romance author. I love her books. She primarily does – queer historical romance. Mm-hmm. Um but Hither Page is there's a mystery involved, there's a spy involved, there's like a country doctor who is just the sweetest man ever. Um I read Hither Page when it first came out years ago and absolutely loved it, but it's been so long I forgot why.
2: <laughs> I loved it so
0: much and I recently just a couple days ago read the sequel and then I was like that's why this is why mm-hmm. these ones are my favorite mm-hmm. by her. Um, but the couple itself has great chemistry. They have great dialogue. Kat uh, Sebastian is just so clever. The way she writes oh. situations and how I know, people she's one of my interact. Yeah, yeah, she's just one mm-hmm. of my favorites. Um, that one's great. Um, for more romance, uh, Talia Hibbert. You literally cannot go wrong no. with Talia Hibbert. I know we've hyped. I think we hyped her on the last show. I think we, for- we did. I forgot. I was oh. going to. This is why I put her in my notes because really? I don't think I mentioned Talia Hibbert at all during the last show. I podcast. absolutely know that
1: I have hyped her on on prior podcasts yeah. because she's get, great. Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Uh, it's so good. It's so funny. I mean, she has way more than that. She has a ton of books. But, oh, yeah. Um, but that's the one that really kind of struck, I think. Yeah. And it's just very fun.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like I said, literally anything, you can't go wrong with Holly Hipper. Nope. She's so funny. Super can't. So funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one that I read, I think, last month, uh, because Leah, who you will be meeting later on, <laughs> um, really hyped this book up for me and was like specifically you need to read this. And so I did. It's the, the Psalm for the Wild built by Becky Chambers, which is set in a future world. It follows a a tea monk where in this universe a tea monk is someone who kind of acts as like a friend slash casual almost therapist, basically a shoulder to cry on. You go visit them. They give you a cup of tea and you tell them all about what's going on in your life. And it's like this like really revered position in their society to – to visit a tea monk or to be a tea monk. Um, But the tea monk um, themselves, they're kind of unsatisfied with life and they don't know why because Mm. they have such a good life. And so they decide to go into the wilderness and there they meet a robot. Um, Because in this world, years and years and years ago, there used to be a factory age until all of the robots gained sentience. And they were like, we don't want to do this anymore. We're going to go into the woods. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, It sounds kind of strange it's not the plot itself wasn't something that appealed to me Mm. i'll be honest Mm -hmm. but everyone kept talking about how beautiful it was how heartwarming it was and so finally um i finally decided to read it it's not a very big book i think it's like it's a novella which book is this a psalm for the wild did you say
1: it and i like went into a fugue state
0: (laughs) i think i said it
1: okay i don't know what Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry
0: for your fuke say it, if you did. <laughs> it doesn't mean I wasn't listening to you. But doesn't, it means I wasn't doesn't. listening to you. <laughs> um, it's beautiful, though. Don't – if you're like me, don't let the plot be like, what? What is this? It's so lovely. It's so wonderful. I keep saying lovely, but that's just, just the word for today, guys. Just I guess. dive in. Um, it's just – it will make you feel hopeful for – our future and for our world. Um but yeah, highly recommend that one. Okay. And uh, along the same lines, The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. Everyone's mm-hmm. talked about this one, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to move along. It's um, so good though. It's so good. And Let me then for me personally, the best audiobook and one of my favorite books that I always recommend, and no one has ever told me it sucks. Uh, so that says something because <laughs> I recommend it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Super great. I read it, but I did never listen to it. Do it. Okay. It's wonderful on All audio. Right. And then um, earlier this year, I read The Shades of Magic series by V.E. Schwab and quite enjoyed it. So if your escape involves fantasy, I recommend that. Right on, right on.
1: Um, I just have a couple. <clears throat> I think we're going to just to mention we did um in twenty twenty one one of our squad goals um was up read a uplit book. So we do have a link to a lot of books that are uplit. And the thing about and I did a blog post on it and. Um, last year too sometime but the thing about Uplit is it's not just a direct like ivy infusion of sunshine and rainbows and unicorns it's like um, generally there's some you know struggle that happens in the book uh, and then and then people come out yeah having had that struggle um, and I think right now with life being kind of hard it's it's um, It's good to see people, you know, face a challenge or, you know, have something happen to them and then have them come out mm-hmm. the other side having grown and feeling good. So um, we are going to link to that, to the uplet list because there's a whole bunch of them on there. But two books I know that I remember reading feeling like really hugged while I was reading it. And I was really excited to put it in people's hands. And then I heard people like the feedback I got was like, oh, thank you. Um, was Meet Me at the Museum by Anne Young, which I know I've talked about before on the podcast, but it's an epistolary novel. It's older folks. Anne Young was 70 or so when she wrote this and it's her first novel. Oh,
0: Oh, yeah, that's great.
1: Uh huh. Um, so she, um, it's a epistolary novel about two people at a time in their life where, um, they're in their 60s, I think. Um, but you don't often read, and it's been, um, it, it, it was, really, should I say, lovely and charming because we've said that <laughs> a, t- a ton of times today, but I will, I will stick with charming because. Oh, my goodness. It is absolutely that. And then um, The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery, I really loved that. It's the, you know, it's the classic curmudgeon meets, like, sunshine kind of in a bookshop, um, I think. And there's, you know, a baby involved. And it's kind of one of these books that, like I said, when I read it, I was just like, mine just love this book so much <laughs> the whole time. And then I... My dad read it, which I was like, "Really? I I don't know. I wasn't. I just wasn't. I uh, didn't think it would be his jam." Mm-hmm. And he read it, and he was like, "That's really good." So I guess what I'm saying is, two people who are pretty opposite in a lot of things both loved this book. So good. I think it's got to me. It's a four doorway book. I think it's got stuff for everybody. Yeah. So, anywho's those are my those are my additions to the escapist and yeah. feel good. Um,
0: Lots of books to Jeansy.
1: check out mm-hmm. in case
0: you you need them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. Uh, okay. So now's the time when we talk about our special guest who's on the mm-hmm. podcast and Read Across Lawrence, which we talked about last time, yeah. but we couldn't tell you who the book was. Who
0: the book was. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said and that's what I meant. hmm mm
2: mm-hmm. So uh, do, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Special guest. It. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Leah Newton. I work in reader services with Polly and Kimberly Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm here to talk about *Read Across Lawrence* today. I guess you are. <laughs> uh, first of all, um, why don't you get
1: you get the honor of telling everybody what the book is because you've done a ton of work on this program.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, the book is *Interior Chinatown* by Charles Yu. And it's a really great book. Um, it was chosen for a myriad of reasons. Um, folks may have started reading it because we did start. Um, we launched this last week, actually, so mm-hmm. folks have had a chance to get their hands on it. Um, we have a ton; I think fifty seven day checkouts. Yeah. Um, we have unlimited availability on the digital copies, right. so folks should be able to get this uh, read pretty easily. It is a it's a pretty fast read too, right? Yeah. It is. Uh, it's, it's a pretty
1: short book. Mm-hmm. It's an un, and it's a little unusual uh, in format, and I think that makes it kind of a fast oh, yeah. read. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's written in screenplay format, and it's a really creative work of satirical fiction. Um, it's about a guy named Willis Wu who is a struggling actor um, in Chinatown in Hollywood, I think. Mm-hmm. And he aspires to be a kung fu guy in the movies. (laughs) That's like the (laughs) pinnacle of Asian acting success. Mm. Um, But all he's really managed so far is to be generic Asian man. Um, So he's trying to break out of that role. And we follow him through like his young adult to middle-aged years, I would say. As he's dealing with a couple of different things, Um, his aging parents, poverty, uh, racism in his industry and in his country in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's full of some pretty profound insights about the Asian American experience, but Charles Yu has this amazing gift for bringing levity to really serious things like that. Mm -hmm. So that makes it fun. So this book is really just a perfect choice for a community read because it's accessible relevant and fun and that made it really easy to plan some pretty cool events for it too.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's an amazing segue. Yeah, perfect. Um I, <laughs> I did the I just wanted to interject. I did this with my book club um and everything you said is right on. Like we just had such great conversations about this um all of those topics and people felt like they didn't leave that book feeling like, like you can when you read sort of heavy topics. So um, absolutely, I think it's a, it's a great read. And so like, if you've got a book club, um, you all can just get on and check it out in, in an ebook um, and discuss it before some of our programs, like the big program, uh, which is when the author's coming. So uh, Leah, why don't you tell us about some of the big programs?
2: Okay, well, I think I'll start at the beginning and kind of work our way towards the end because there's a lot. Um, The first one that's coming up is actually going to be on April 1st at 6 o'clock p.m. in the auditorium here at LPL, and it's a screening of Iron Monkey. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the 1977 version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's considered sort of a cult favorite among, like, kung fu aficionados. Um, It was produced and filmed in Hong Kong and not Hollywood, Um, so it's very authentic, uh, super legit. Uh Chin Kwan Tai directed and starred in this, and he actually won a World Kung Fu Championship in 1969. Wow. So, really cool. so he's the real deal. Um, he's 76 years old now, and he's still acting. Um, he oh, wow. was in his latest movie in 2019. Oh, what was that? I'm going to have to look at it. I actually don't remember. <laughs> we'll look it up and put it in the show notes. He's uh, the show Welcome notes, to folks. the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not the main man anymore, mm. um, but he was in this, and he did this whole movie. He directed it, produced it, and starred in it. Um, so that should be a fun watch, and we'll have some treats, um, some traditional movie-watching treats for folks, too. Um, So that'll be fun. That's our first one. That's our kickoff. Um, And then just a few days after that, we have our affordable housing panel with city leaders. Um, So when you read this book, you'll notice that poverty kind of exists as an undercurrent, like throughout the entire story, especially as it relates to housing. Uh, Willis and his family live in a Chinatown SRO, which stands for single room occupancy. So it's basically like an entire family living in like a studio apartment, but thus the space is even smaller than a typical studio. Mm. And then they have to share a bathroom with like the entire rest of their floor. Um, it's cheap and it's a place to live when you're kind of towing the line between getting by and not getting by, which is another theme that Charles Yu goes into at length in interior Chinatown. Uh, it makes for a quality of life that most of us would find unsatisfactory though. Mm So um poverty and houselessness are issues that affect us here in our own community to a pretty high degree. So Ruby in Info Services is going to have some folks from the Affordable Housing Committee of the City of Lawrence. Uh I think she's going to ask them some tough questions and find out what they're working on and what's next for the efforts to alleviate uh housing insecurity in Lawrence. So that one's going to be on Monday at April April 4th at 5:30. Okay. Uh that'll also be in the auditorium. Uh Oh, and this, I'm super excited about this one. <laughs> this is like maybe my favorite event. Um, Generic Asian American, Hollywood's Invisible Role. This is going to be a presentation by David May. Um, he's an assistant professor of film and media studies at KU. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to David a little bit and get to know him. And he's just whip smart, super engaging, and he his areas of study and expertise and research just fall so directly in line with the themes in Interior Chinatown uh, that I think it's going to be just a really wonderful presentation, a very enlightening hour. Yeah, so I'm really excited about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I think that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, and he's just, like I said, super engaging guy. I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, and that's going to be on Tuesday, April 12th at 6.30, also in the auditorium. Uh, so yeah, I definitely want everybody to especially keep their eye on that one because I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, oh, just kidding. This is the one I might be most excited about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, we're excited about all of them. Yeah, yeah they're we're excited all really about really all of cool. them. It's yeah, all right. Really cool. I think we have like such good programming for this. Yeah. They're They're all my favorite, um, but maybe especially this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stage Combat with Ronan Stunt Company. This is going to be Saturday on April 16th, uh, 2 o'clock p.m. on the library lawn. I really love this one because it's going to be outside. And obviously it's been a while since we were able to have one of our big amazing events, events out on the lawn with like lots of people. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the weather cooperates. Um, we do have the auditorium as a backup in case it doesn't. Um, but Ronan Stunt Company, they're a group based out of Kansas City. Their website is roninstuntcompany.com. Ronin is R-O-N-I-N, not A-N. I made that mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly suggest folks check that out if you're at all interested in this because they are so badass. (laughs) Um, Particularly Naomi, who's the one that I've been in contact with, Mm -hmm. like... I am just starstruck every time I talk to her. (laughs) She's so cool. I want to be Naomi when I grow up. Um, So these folks are going to come, and they're going to do, like, the basics of stage combat and stunting. And anybody 12 and older can register for this event. Um, You have to be at least 12 to participate, but anybody can come and watch. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a fun event to just come and watch if you don't get a chance to get registered. Um, I just think that's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. I'm uh...
0: (sighs) a... I'm so I glad, really want to watch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: so glad I work on Saturdays mm-hmm. so I can just like peek out, out of the, our yeah. giant gorgeous <laughs> windows and just watch. I think watch I'm probably all. going to participate with my oldest. Incredible.
2: Yeah, oh. I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. So, is the next one the big one? Well, there's a few things in between. Like we're going to have some book talks. Um, We always have book talks. Um, Dates on those are not nailed down yet. No,
1: but we'll let you know.
2: Yeah, we'll let you know. It'll be pop-up. We're we're trying to be flexible around everything else that's going on because there's so many things. Um, We are going to have dessert and a movie. Uh that's part of retirement boot camp. Oh, but right. we did open that up to everybody. So oh, cool. not just people who are in retirement boot camp can, mm-hmm. can come to that. Um we're gonna be watching so dessert in a movie basically, I'll just kind of explain this. It's like a book club, but with a movie. You watch a movie and then you get together on Zoom and you talk about the movie as if you would a book in a book club. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is pretty cool, actually. Um we're gonna watch the Grace Lee Project, which is a documentary. Uh, that this woman named Grace Lee did about all of the women who are Mm -hmm. named, the Asian women particularly, who are named Grace Lee and the stereotypes that have kind of followed all the Grace Lees Mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a really cool documentary, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, And actually, Grace Lee herself is going to come to that
1: as the special guest. Yes,
0: That's cool. I did not know that.
1: Now, And this is all online, though, right? Yes. Okay, so that's Zoom. Everything else has been... In person and the except for this one is Zoom.
2: Yep. This is the only event that's gonna be virtual. Everything else is in person. Except for (laughs) well, except for um Charles Yu is joining us virtually on Thursday, April 21st at 7 p.m. I'm very excited for this. Yes. Uh I think that'll be fantastic. He's going to be interviewed by Derek Kwan. Um, mm-hmm. who's an outstanding Asian individual that we have in our community. And yeah, I think that's going to be really, really cool. That's yeah. going to be the uh, the finale of Read Across Lawrence, of course. Yeah, so. I think that, I mean, and we there might be book talks after that as well, but like that's
1: the, we want everyone to have a chance to talk about the book if they want to. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's really, it's kind of a big thing. He's a yeah. screenwriter and he's like kind of a big deal. In addition to being, you know, an amazing author and writing really cool books. So I'm very excited to see what he has
2: to say. Yeah. I mean, he he wrote for Westworld, right? Think, That's yeah. kind of like his big thing. And so he has some really so, clear insights into yeah. this industry and how these things work in it. Um, and yeah. I read this really interesting interview with him um, from NPR where – they were asking him, like, why did you write Interior Chinatown? And he said that he's always watching Law and Order, which mm-hmm. if you read the book, the the part of the book that has, like, a show in it, like, really reminds you of Law and Order. So he said that, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course. But he says that there's always – An episode or two that's filmed in Chinatown, and you can always see some random Asian person in Mm -hmm. the background doing Mm -hmm. something. And he's like, I wanted to write that person's story.
0: And I was like, That's really
2: interesting. It was really interesting. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So, um, thank you,
1: first of all, for like getting, uh, yeah, thanks for being here, but thanks for doing like, so much work on this because I know you were super jazzed about this book. You were super excited about it, and I think we all were, but you were, like, a huge champion for this book. Oh, yeah. well, thank and, you. Yeah, and a huge champion for a lot of these programs. Well, also. and now all the hard work is done, and it's <laughs> time for the fun stuff. So <laughs> let's party down, y'all. So any, uh, if there are any um, changes to any of these, you know, obviously keep an eye on our social media and our website. Um, right now, things seem to be like everything is going to go ahead as planned. Um, but you know, we'll, um, we'll definitely, uh, keep people up to date if anything changes. And um keep your eye on our social media cuz there will be some opportunities for some book giveaways. Yep. And so um that's going on over the next couple of weeks probably.
2: Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: So we'll have we'll have some book giveaways so that you can be the proud owner of a book um if you would like to participate in that. I think that's it. I think we covered
0: it all. Yeah, that's it.
1: Whatever we don't, we'll mm-hmm. go in
0: the show yep. notes. Don't <laughs> mind me just thinking of all the things I have to add to the show notes. <laughs> well, okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Leah.
1: Yes,
2: thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. All right. See you later. Bye. 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 That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe and please rate or comment. You'll help others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kin and Kimberly Lopez. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck.
0: I'm Joel Bonner, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.